Welcome to the Just Solutions podcast from Free Speech TV. I'm Maeve Conran, and on today's show, we're looking at the big lie about election fraud. It continues to permeate and threatens to undermine our entire democracy. Our guests today are Amber McReynolds, former Denver elections director and the former chief executive of the National Vote at Home Institute. She has just been sworn in as the only female governor of the Postal Service. Also joining us is Jesse Grace, one of the filmmakers behind a new documentary, Democracy versus the Big Lie, the truth behind mail-in voting. The film looks at how Colorado has led the way in secure voting by mail and how the system was attacked by former President Donald Trump before and after the 2020 election. From Free Speech TV, Just Solutions. Well, the big lie, as it is known, is basically saying that the 2020 presidential election, the results were fraudulent and that Trump actually was the winner. The big lie. What, though, are some of the elements around that big lie that particularly pertain to mail-in ballots? Because I really want to talk about the reality and the truth behind mail-in voting and how secure that process is. So when it comes to the big lie that is still permeating out there, what are they saying that specifically pertains to mail-in voting? Amber. Sure. Well, you know, the history around mail-in voting is is a long one in the United States. It actually dates back to the Civil War. Uh, Abraham Lincoln wanted to ensure that soldiers could vote uh, when they were serving away from their homes during the election. And so that's really how mail-in voting started in this country. So it goes back all the way to the Civil War and the founding of our of, of our country at a very, very early age. Uh, it's also was largely a and was a nonpartisan or bipartisan policy reform that many states around the country have used for a long time, including Florida, Georgia, Arizona, Utah, Montana, and a number of purple states like Colorado and 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 others. And so all of the states in the United States have some form of absentee or mail-in voting, as we say it. Every one of the 9,000 jurisdictions in the country offer it uh, in one form or another uh, and have for for a long period of time dating back to the Civil War. Uh, so it was largely nonpartisan and it was really about uh, serving voters. There were different levels of, of the way in which states provided options to vote by mail, but everyone has offered it for a long period of time. And many of the politicians that railed against it in 2020 as we started to see a lot of the narrative coming uh, mostly from the White House in the summer of 2020 against mail-in voting, a lot of the politicians that started to pick up on that have actually been voting by mail for a long period of time and use it almost every election. So it's it's very uh, interesting to me, and it has certainly been interesting since a lot of this started, uh, to see this narrative develop in the way that it, it has as an attack on a voting method that's proven that has been longstanding and uh, in, in used in our country, is safe, is secure, and offers, frankly, voters an opportunity to vote in a convenient way. Actually, in the film, uh, Amber, you say you never thought that you would have to fact check the White House when it comes to this, but this is where this big lie originates from, from uh, the Trump administration. But how is the process secure? Let's focus on that, the actual reality of how mail-in ballots are, in fact, incredibly secure. How is it secure? 
Sure. Well, first, uh, for us to mail or for election officials to mail voters a ballot, uh, they need to know where voters are. So the reg voter registration process, changes of address, voters are responsible for keeping their information up to date. And states that have had uh, mail-in voting in an expanded use for a long time actually have the cleanest voter files because they are regularly interacting with voters, whether that be through the national change of address database that the Postal Service offers or by this interaction through the mail stream that happens more frequently in states that use mail-in ballots more often. Uh, so there's that component and it's, you know, we consider that to be address library or address accuracy uh, issues. Uh, the second big thing is an innovation that started actually in Denver, Colorado, uh, way back in 2010 now, if you'll believe it. Um, but we created a technology called ballot tracking, and it was the first in the world, not only the first in the nation, but the first in the world to track a ballot through the entire process, through the mail stream, outbound, inbound, and then uh, all the way through the verification steps. And that was created in Denver in 2010. Um, rolled out and many states have now adopted that technology and it provides transparency and security of the mail-in ballot process. Uh, so that also was another tool that was widely used in 2020. Um, and then on the back end, when the mail ballot comes back in, uh, each ballot is checked, verified uh, with the identifying information, whether that be a signature or other ID information, election officials of both parties and, and cross parties check this information, they do it in a transparent way, uh, and there's very specific procedures and processes under the laws in each state that are followed to verify that those ballots are actually from the voter that that sent them in. Uh, so there's, I just listed a few, but there are multiple steps in this process to ensure security and multiple ways in which uh, if there are any issues or if someone does try to take advantage of the system or, or act in a bad way, there are multiple ways in which accountability happens to hold those people to account uh, when that rarely happens. Well, Jesse, as Amber outlined there, there are real Colorado connections with mail-in ballots in terms of how the state has led the way with the, Amber when she was uh, the uh, head of Denver elections back in, in 2010. And you're a Colorado filmmaker. This really is a Colorado film and it features many voices from Colorado around this, as well as voices from around the country. Why, first of all, was this a project you even wanted to take on? I think just the importance of it. Uh, I mean, it was we we started it before voting from home and mail in voting was a huge conversation. It was just starting to ramp up. But I mean, like you, babe, I wasn't born in this country. I'm not from here. Um, and one of the beautiful things about America is the democratic system, and the country really prides themselves on that. And as a resident here, uh, it's just something that was very important to me and my co-producer, who is American, Steve Weiss. And we, I mean, while the talk about mail-in voting hadn't ramped up as much when we started this documentary, we really weren't aware of what we were fully in for when we started it. I mean, it became extremely important, um, apparent, it became extremely apparent that it was uh, going to be a big talking point in the previous election. Um, but even without that, there were many controversies and people just were wanting to vote more than ever and wanting to make sure that their voices were heard. And <laughs> I think I just can't stress enough the importance of voting. And I think it was just an honor to get to cover such an important topic that affects every single person living in this country and the world, really. 
Well, as Amber outlined in giving us the history of mail-in ballots, um, going back decades and decades, it predates COVID, but COVID really changed the game because we saw widespread adoption of mail-in ballots because of COVID and the dangers that were placed against upon people gathering at these polling places. Amber, talk a little bit about the role of COVID in mail-in ballots and, and how the mail-in ballots facilitated so many people to actually participate in the elections in 2020. Sure. Well, um, one of one of the many benefits of, of voting at home is, is the convenience for sure, but then also uh, the safety, the security, the extra time that you have to actually review your ballot. Uh, it's also been a proven uh, a system and method of voting for or for folks that maybe work a long shift as a doctor or a nurse and can't go to the polls on election day, or folks that lay in the military or people that get called out of town uh, for work on election day. So it's had a storied past and experience of being a great option uh, for to solve multiple problems in the voting process. And COVID and the pandemic hit and you know, vote by mail and and mail and vote and voting at home had been growing for a, a long period of time, really driven by voters because of those convenient options I mentioned. But when COVID hit, you know, really the safety and security of in-person voting became a huge issue. And not just for voters, but also for the poll workers, because it takes hundreds of thousands of people to run elections across the country, staffing polling places that the government assigned you to go to on election day is a huge undertaking across 9,000 jurisdictions. And often those jurisdictions are needing people or lacking enough people to work. And then when you factor in the pandemic, it actually makes it even more difficult to find enough people. So early on, as an example, we saw in Wisconsin, they actually had to close a lot of vote centers because they didn't have enough people to work. And they also had a populace that was very concerned about coming in to vote in person early on in the pandemic. Uh, so it certainly became a very important uh, critical conversation. Um, and we saw a massive expansion, whether that be on the policy front or just voters asking to vote at home because they had concerns about the pandemic. Uh, and you couple that with the shortages in workers and the and the you know issues that workers faced wanting to come in to, you know, at a polling place, you might interact with hundreds of people in, in a given day or even thousands. And in a pandemic, that is highly scary to a lot of vulnerable people, especially polling places where the average, you know, age is definitely in uh, the higher category because so many people that are retired and things like that work as polling judges. So, uh, so it was multiple factors, and that's uh, really why it became such a critical issue in COVID. Even prior to COVID, though, I think it was becoming very apparent that offering mail-in voting was something that was ultimately going to be very beneficial to everybody involved because you have the opportunity to be more thoughtful potentially about your ballot. You can do some research. I think there's it's been shown that people participate in some of the down ballot, you know, voting a little bit more because they have time to do that when they have the ballot at home as opposed to being in a, a voting centre. And then the other side is that we have seen these long, long lines of people having to queue up for 
hours at polling places because they didn't have access to having a ballot at home. And there are, you know, fewer and fewer polling centres open. We've discussed endlessly on uh, Free Speech TV about how some of these laws being passed are targeting communities that have already been subject to fewer and fewer voting centres. So talk about that. It wasn't just COVID and the safety aspect, but there are many, many other benefits to voting at home and voting by mail. Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned the down ballot and just the knowledge that you can uh, and the information that you can gather as you're voting. I mean, when you have more time and you're not pressed by a line behind you or a time limit in the voting location, because there's actually time limits on the books for polling places in various states still today. um, But you have the opportunity to research issues, be far more thoughtful. So we've seen an increase actually in engagement down ballot races, local races, when people vote at home. Uh, And there's many studies that have found that to be true. There's also a great number of studies that have found this is nonpartisan. Turnout increases across all political dimensions. It doesn't matter what you're, you know, who you support or which party you're a part of. Uh, there has been a turnout, turnout benefit on all sides of the aisle, on every side of the coin. Um, and, and that is very apparent. And then the final thing, uh, I, have, I have two children, 9 and 11, and since they started reading, so way back in, in preschool, kindergarten, uh, I every election, my ballot arrives in Colorado. And they ask me, mommy, when are we going to work on your ballot? And we sit down and actually go through it together as a family. They ask me things like, mom, what does mayor do? What does school board member do? What does the president do? Where does he live? You know, they ask me all these questions. And so it's honestly a civics lesson multiple times a year for my children that are now nine and 11. And they know exactly how to vote a ballot. They know exactly what they need to do to be an informed voter uh, in there at the very early stages of their life. And so it provides a huge opportunity for parents and and really for a broader civic conversation to happen uh, around the voting process that you wouldn't you would not be able to experience in in a polling place. You're listening to the Just Solutions podcast from Free Speech TV. I'm Maeve Conran, and our guests today are Amber McReynolds, former Denver elections director and one of the nine governors of the Postal Service. Amber formerly served as the chief executive of the National Vote at Home Institute, and she's a nationally renowned expert on elections. She's featured in the new documentary, Democracy versus the Big Lie, the truth behind mail-in voting. Jessie Grace, one of the filmmakers behind the film, is also joining us. The film was made with support by the Colorado Film Commission, and it's narrated by Alec Baldwin. The 2021 conservative CPAC convention fueled that discontent when former President Trump made his first public comments following the inauguration. We need one election day, not 45, 30. You can catch Democracy versus the Big Lie on Free Speech TV. Find out more at freespeech.org. Well, Jesse Grace, when you were making this film, as I mentioned, you you speak to many experts. Amber herself is featured in the film. You speak to many others. What was the big theme that emerged when you were doing these interviews about either the safety of mail-in voting, the efficiency around it, the convenience, but also, you know, the concerns about the big lie and how it is threatening our democracy? What were you hearing from the people you spoke to? Um, I mean, starting with... uh experts uh, who work day in and day out to make sure that 
every ballot is counted, that the systems work, as Amber was talking about earlier, that if there are any issues, how can they fix them? I mean, these people are just working around the clock. Um, we spoke to them a lot and they were really concerned about the misinformation. Uh, they were concerned about, you know, poll workers were concerned about their safety uh, at times. But one of the, um, you know, the big emerging themes was, you know, this is a bipartisan effort in every place that we spoke to. It's a bipartisan effort, a nonpartisan effort. There's people from, you know, Republican, Democrats, independents, you know, that have their eyes on every single mail-in ballot or voter ballot that comes in and that there is no, you know, mail-in ballot fraud. You know, obviously there's small instances in small places. It's physically impossible to have a perfect system, but there is no big scam happening. Um, and yeah, just the, the misinformation that was being spread that was honestly keeping people from voting, making them more nervous to vote. Um, and it, yeah, I mean, th that's kind of the main theme that we saw there is the experts were working hard to do their jobs and weren't finding problems in the system. They've been, all been doing it for many years and constantly work to improve it. Well, Amber, as I mentioned, you're featured in the film. And, and one thing I do want to talk about now is the role of the post office, because if we're talking about mail-in voting, the post office plays a massive role in this, although it is worth mentioning people can and often do drop off their ballots in person as well. So you're not totally reliant, <clears throat> excuse me, on the, the mail. But you are now one of the governors of the United States post office. You were just appointed by President Biden. You're the only woman um, of one of nine uh, governors, and you're also the only independent. And I'd like to talk about that because the attacks on mail-in voting, the, the proponents of the big lie, it, it this has all become very partisan. But as you have just mentioned there uh, prior, Amber, this benefits everybody. There, It's not shown to benefit one party over another. Talk a little bit about that, because I know there have been, uh, there's evidence that Republicans are doing just as well out of mail-in voting as uh, Democrats are. Sure they are. And, you know, one thing that a lot of folks forget about 2020 is Republicans did fine down ballot races. They won in various states. They expanded the number of congressional seats they had, and they also expanded the number of legislative seats. So Republicans did fine on the lower ballot issues. They had a problem at the top of the ticket, and that just demonstrates split ticket voting and things like that. So uh, Republicans have benefited uh, in many states and really across the country, just like Democrats have. It benefits everyone. Um, and you know, with the postal service, you mentioned my role as a as, as a governor. Now uh, it's an honor to serve. Um, I, if you would have asked me five years ago, I never would have uh, expected or dreamed of of being in this in this role. But I have such tremendous respect for the postal service. Have for many years. Have worked with them as an election official on these very issues. Um, and the fact is, the postal service, under the law, and and actually dates back to even before our constitution was signed. If you believe that, we had a postal uh, service when we when the nation was first coming together. Uh, and and it's mentioned in the constitution. It's a constitutionally required service uh, in the law. We also are required to provide universal service to every community across the country six or seven days a week. And that is the biggest undertaking of any government agency that exists today. We have the largest infrastructure that supports communities across the country, more than 650,000 people, almost $100 billion a year operation to deliver to 
six to seven days a week to every single of the 160 million to 170 million addresses that we do every single day. Uh, it's the only infrastructure that serves every community in that way. Um, and so they are a vital partner to election officials. The Postal Service takes very seriously their role uh, in uh, delivering election mail broadly. That's not just vote by mail. That's voter registration notices, polling places, all of the other notices voters get. Um, and we take that very seriously and work hard to make improvements on that. And certainly the current team at the Postal Service uh, has been doing more even in the last two years uh, to further improve that service for the American public. And, and I like to describe it as we are in fact delivering democracy. We're delivering on that promise of democracy for the American people and they're a critical partner uh, in, in the process. Well, as your role of one of the nine governors, you're now chairing the uh, post office's elections committee. So what is the role of the post office now when it comes to elections, obviously delivering and uh, you know, receiving the ballots and, and all of the other election material? But when it comes to this broader discussion of the integrity of elections, what role can you play now as one of the governors of the post office to counteract the big lie and to, in fact, educate people on how safe and effective mail-in voting is? Sure. Well, and and as I mentioned, I mean, the Postal Service, we don't we don't have an official policy position on all mail in voting or not. We we are delivering a service that is uh, that is offered in every single jurisdiction in the country. Uh, and we take that role very seriously. The Elections Committee was really established because we do recognize how important this this job is. And we also were drug in to the big lie. And a lot of the missing disinfo about mail in voting also was targeting the Postal Service in 2020. And so our infrastructure is very important in, in addressing those issues and, and, and moving forward and educating the public on the process and how we process mail through the Postal Service, utilize things like ballot tracking. Um, and then, you know, also something that I think the public doesn't always uh, understand is we have our own inspector general. So we have an inspector general that will look into every single allegation regarding any of these issues. In fact, they put up various reports recently that demonstrated some of the lies that were being spread about mail-in voting after 2020 were in fact false, and they proved that through their investigations. Uh, we also have an inspection service that uh, takes very seriously any crimes involving the mail and in, investigate those. And so we have our own law enforcement, if you will, within within the uh, postal structure that take these issues very seriously and, and we'll track them down if if there's anything that, that comes up. And even if it's mis and disinformation, uh, like I mentioned. What do you expect will happen now in the 2022 midterms, but also the 2024 presidential election? Do you think that the big lie uh, will continue and it will impact things in any way? What, what, what do you anticipate? Well, so so first, the big lie is is definitely still a problem, and election officials are still being threatened every single day. And you heard some of that in the January sixth commission meetings recently. Um, but the fact of the matter is, the narrative that is to continue to be spread by uh, the former president and some of the people around him is is hurting. Republicans, Democrats, independent, all election officials in a very negative way, and it's hurting the public. And, uh, and it's not just hurting one side or the other, it's hurting the vast majority of Americans with regards to this process um, because it's creating distrust. And that's what, frankly, it's designed to do. That is, that is what a disinformation campaign is. This is a textbook example of it. 
and and that is what is continuing to to happen. So election officials, and I'm um, actually part of a new launch of a campaign called the Faces of Democracy, and that's being run by Issue One, and I am honored to be a part of it. But our goal with that is to educate the public about the role of election officials, what they do, who they are, lift up their voices uh, in Washington D.C. to try to get better funding for election officials. Uh, Better, better laws and policies on the books to protect them, um, because this is critical infrastructure in our nation, and we need to make sure our elections are secure and safe, and that includes the people, the technology, the systems, the locations, and the voters. Uh, all of those things need to be protected uh, so that people can exercise their fundamental right to vote. Well, Jesse Grace, the film, The Democracy Versus the Big Lie, The Truth Behind Mail-in Voting, it's coming out at a time people have their ballots at home now for primaries and they are looking ahead to the upcoming midterms. So what do you hope people will get from the film and from the, the documentary that you've uh, co-directed? Yes, absolutely. We really hope to just educate the public and show, you know, shed light on a lot of these issues. Maybe they heard some rumors and didn't get a chance or didn't dive into the topic deep themselves or into the misinformation that was being spread. So we really tried to do that deep dive into the topic in as many places as possible and showcase what is actually happening from behind the scenes. So hopefully people develop a little more trust uh, in the system that we have here and also hopefully this prompts them to do more research on their own and figure out okay well what access does my state does my county have uh, you know who's in control of this where can i go like is this a good option for me what are the pros and the cons so you know we're not trying to provide an answer for everybody and say everybody should be doing you know mail-in voting we're not trying to say that at all we're just trying to present the information, say, hey, you know, this is what happened in the previous election. This is the systems that are in place across the country. Maybe you should do a deep dive into your own area and educate yourself so that you can, you know, do one of the most important things that you can do for this country, and that's vote. Well, I would like to give a shout out to say that the documentary has just recently won the best feature at the Political Film Festival. And as I said, we are delighted to be screening it on Free Speech TV. In the last moment that we have, Amber, as I said, people have ballots potentially right now at home because we're in the primaries. And then, of course, they're potentially going to be get, getting ballots as we head to the 2022 midterms. What do you want people to know when you have these ballots at home that how they can trust the system, but also, you know, what information do voters need to have when they have these mail-in ballots at home? Sure. Well, first and foremost, uh, if you are, you know, either already have it at home or you think you're going to request it, make sure your address is up to date, sign up for ballot tracking, follow the instructions in the packet because election officials give you the step-by-step -step instructions on how to fill out that ballot and then pay attention to the deadline to get it back in. Uh, you want to mail it. If you're going to mail it, you should mail it seven days at least before, eight days before, just to make sure it gets there. Uh, you can, a lot of states offer drop-off options. That's high, highly used, especially in Western states. So you can drop it off in person uh, to an official ballot box location. Uh, that's always a great option. Um, and then in terms of the system and you know what have you, go to your local election official. They're the most trusted sources of information on how elections are run in your community. Oftentimes they're offering tours. You might be able to call and go in and actually tour the ballot counting process. A lot of these processes are public, whether it's the testing or the post-election audits or any of these things. And so you can do that. Um, and then 
If you've already voted and you uh, wanna help even further, uh, you can also sign up to be a poll worker and, and actually work in, in the process. That's the best way to learn about what goes in uh, to the background of elections. And there's always a need for good people who care about democracy uh, to participate and serve in that way. And a lot of employers will let you have the day off. Um, sometimes there's weekend shifts, sometimes there's night shifts. Um, but I would encourage you if you can uh, to take it to the next level and serve. And then of course, encourage everyone you know to vote as well. Well, Amber and Jesse, thank you so much for being our guests today on Just Solutions. Thank you so much. Thank you. Amber McReynolds is currently one of the nine governors of the United States Postal Service, and she is the former Denver Elections Director. Jesse Grace is one of the filmmakers behind the new documentary, Democracy vs. the Big Lie, the truth behind mail-in voting. It features Amber McReynolds as well as many other election experts. You can watch the film on Free Speech TV. Find out more at freespeech.org. And don't forget to subscribe to the Just Solutions podcast and never miss an episode. For Free Speech TV, Just Solutions, I'm Maeve Conran.